Space Control Podcast. Uh, it's been a little bit, and we are super excited to have our good friend and our favorite PT, John Harding, here. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, we first heard about you through our good friend, CJ Appenzeller, and ever since then, you know, you've been our go-to guy. So thank you for being here. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so why don't we just start... Tell us a little bit more about you, how you got involved in this industry, um, and anything else special that you'd like to add. Yeah, um, well, again, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I appreciate you guys more than you would ever know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, um, I'm a physical therapist, strength and conditioning coach, I guess if you mm -hmm. call me that by my CSCS and some of the other certifications. Um, and so that's the kind of world that I live in, train, um, working with and treating athletes and active individuals on a daily basis. I've been able to work into a nice little niche in our practice. Um, so my story is um, played soccer through high school and college, um, and then always kind of knew, I think I even shadowed a PT when I was in like middle school just to see what it was all about. But it was definitely like your traditional PT, more of like a medical setting. Um, but it still seemed appealing to me. Like I, I don't do very well when I sit behind a desk all day, even, um, you know, the courses that we go to are con ed that we have to take. Like, right. I get fidgety and I have to stand up or go kneel in the back of the room. And it's just, you know, part of the same reason you guys are working in a gym, right? It's yep. just we're not the type of people that sit around behind a desk. Yep. And I would go crazy. Um, so to me, it was a path to kind of keep that active act, um active lifestyle and um, as I graduated school. Um, when I graduated undergrad with my exercise and sports science degree, I um, actually um, didn't have the grades to get into PT school, so I had to brush up on some courses and I got a job as a personal trainer and um, in corporate fitness for Johnson & Johnson. Um, and I worked, um, just tried to piece together a couple different personal training jobs and strength coach jobs and um, worked full time, got benefits through like the J&J gig. Um, but just like you guys, like put, crushed the hours, like 5.30 a.m. client. Then I got to work for like from like 6.30 to what, 2.30 and then I'd go train people after or yep. vice yep. versa, like early morning client, go work at J&J from 10.30 to 6.30 and then another like, you know, 8.30 patient or 8.30 client mm -hmm. to like try to piece together stuff like part trying to pay off student loans part trying to save for PT school and then um, throw in there some classes that I had to brush up on to get the grades because PT school is pretty competitive at this point right um, so and, and part of it was to like bolstering a resume for PT school like I graduated undergrad um, man 2000 and six I think so that was like there were no like strength and conditioning isn't what it is now back right. then it was like you get it like coming from a sinus like we were kind of like told like you you go the um, PT route or you go the gym teacher route is kind of what our professors um, professed um, so I didn't even think about strength and conditioning a ton it was like all right I guess I'm going to PT school right um, and there weren't the gyms in the area like your guys it was um, strength coach opportunities were like colleges yep. yeah. at that point right um, but I did, you know, I had family and a girlfriend and stuff, so we didn't, you know, I didn't want to leave the area and chase college strength jobs. Um, so I did what I could to kind of set myself up for my PT application um, versus br uh, with brushing up on classes and just getting as much experience as I could in personal training and corporate fitness and all that stuff. Cool. Um, so applied to PT school after three years and got in. 
and then that's where I really got into a ton of the strength coach stuff, like the Boyles, the Charlie Weingroffs, the, like, I almost found myself reading more of that stuff than stuff we needed to study for tests. Mm -hmm. Like, I would study for an hour for a test and then get into, like, strength and conditioning stuff for three hours and then be like, oh, wait, I got a test tomorrow I have to study for. but because I was finally like doing things that I really wanted to do, like I crushed PT school. I, I, you know, I did the best I'd ever done in school. I won awards and scholarships and um, really excelled in that setting, which was really cool. Um, and then from there, um, got a job. And this speaks to like creating your own opportunities. Mm-hmm. For those of you listening. Um, I was still going to conferences and con ed while going through PT school. Um, so don't think just because you're learning in an academic setting that you can't go take a weekend con ed course if it interests you. I know sometimes money's an issue, but a lot of times there's student rates that take advantage of them if Absolutely, you can. Absolutely, yeah. Right? Um, at one of these courses, I met um, my future employer. Um, she was giving a presentation and I asked her if she took students. So I did a clinical rotation with her um, and then that parlayed into a job and then that parlayed into her being my partner when I opened the clinic four years ago which was pretty cool not um, bad yeah so it's all about I mean you guys I'm sure know like um, if you if you want to make something like go create your own opportunities and, yeah. and, and um, you know figure it out I guess yeah absolutely that's very cool I didn't yeah. know any of that about you <laughs> yeah. I did not know that either there we go um, <laughs> so there are a lot of misconceptions about what physical therapy is mm-hmm. who needs it you know what's it for how often should you be going that type of thing so in your own words like if you could redefine or just define what physical therapy is to you mm-hmm. and maybe just to you know the people listening so they have a better understanding um, about you know what its intent is what would that look like to you or what does that sound like yeah so i think physical therapy often has this negative connotation to like do your pt exercises right um and or i you know that stretching in the table stuff doesn't work for me um you know so that's generally what people think about pt or or people that just stretch people and um you know maybe a little like massage therapy i don't know yeah people people don't even really know what pt is and i don't think pts often really know what they they do right to be like you ask 10 different pts what they do you're gonna get 10 different answers um and that's a problem with the profession like you ask a strength coach what he does you can get the same answer for the most part yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. for the most part it is yeah um yeah i think i think uh I mean, you've been you've been kind of like a godsend for us to be honest, to be able to refer people to you. Because prior to that, it was sending people to you know places down the street or wherever, and it's they go there and they leave you know fairly discouraged, and you know it's kind of it's back up to us. And they're like, yeah, we did like clamshells, and that's it. We did like you know, but you're sending Some someone that's already strong to a PT, and they're doing stuff that's below their level yeah. because generally, and I'll get back to your question, yeah. Jacqueline. Sorry, but generally, PTs aren't loading tissue um, appropriately, right? right? The education is just not there for a lot of people. Um, But anyway, PT to me is, it's educating people to become self-sufficient. Like, um, yes, there's times where maybe you have to go two or three times. So, and I'm coming at this from an outpatient orthopedic setting, right? Right. Um, Part of the reason I think there's an identity crisis in PT is because you can work in a hospital, you can work in a burn unit, you can work in a nursing home, you can work in outpatient um, orthopedics, working primarily, you know, with all kinds of different populations. There's a million different things you can do in PT. Um, It makes it a great profession, but 
but it also, um, you see that in the schooling just kind of trains you to be safe. But then once you graduate, it's up to you to kind of create your own philosophy and your own path. Right. Yeah. Um, so then that's where, just like any other profession, you have to find the right people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I use the analogy where um, just because you had PT and it was a shitty experience, why would you not go back? Just because you go eat at an Italian restaurant and it's a shitty, it's shitty food, are you not going to eat Italian again? Right. Yeah. It's um, actually really good. But it goes yeah. with strength coaches and personal trainers and chiropractors and doctors and all that stuff. Like, Absolutely. Um, but anyway, to me, PT is being able to educate the masses, help them move more efficiently, um, to take stress off the tissues and then load the tissues appropriately, help them get back to function as quickly, safely, and effectively as possible. Perfect. Right. Um, and, it, and it doesn't matter. So the PT is on the same continuum of what you guys do in, in building strength and performance, right? It's just where in the continuum does this person go in? Are they injured and they need some more like manual type skills and then we progress into loading into high performance or um, does just load tr traditional load as long as we do it appropriately with some load and then um, you know desensitizing them into a movement that they might be scared of and showing mm -hmm. them that it, like if you move this way you'll take load off your low back in a deadlift and you'll be able to still deadlift right yeah. um, so it's no different than what you guys do you know to, to me unfortunately yeah. like, I just have a license to touch people yeah. right 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 exactly yeah. um, that I paid a lot of money for <laughs> yeah. um, but so that kind of blurs the lines a little bit like there's this continuum of movement that we all are very skilled at treating as long as we know the progressions and where the person should fit into that continuum. And we just have to know the right people for the job. Yeah. yeah which is hard. Sometimes hard to find yeah. them, yeah. Mm -hmm. That actually kind of leads me to my next question. So we know that there are, you know, there's a, a handful or maybe a larger handful of terrible strength coaches out there. And I can only assume that the same goes for PTs. Um, so what are some of the ways, but we know that you're kind of, you set yourself apart from all of that. You know, like Chris and I have both been to you. We refer people to you, so we know what we're getting. You get it, right? Um, so what are some of the ways that you set yourself apart from these terrible PTs? Like you and your team, what are some things that you do to kind of stay ahead of things? Um, I mean, we're, we're always reading and we're up on the um, current literature mm -hmm. and, and PT and strength conditioning. Um, we understand how to program for injury prevention, to get over an injury and to program for performance. Um, that being said, I can write like a basic performance program, but I defer to you guys to like really write a good performance program, right? Um, but we understand the continuum and, and the programming demands that might fit into an athlete's um, training, mm -hmm. right? Um, we also, not very, not very often are we telling people that they need to rest. We're helping them stay on their performance track while getting over their injury. So if it means training around an injury, there's great research to show that if you have a, a right knee injury, you keep training your left leg and getting it strong, there's a crossover effect. Yes. So, mm -hmm. so why not continue to do that, right? It, um, remember to you know keep your cardiovascular fitness up through an injury process. It's gonna help healing. So I think what separates us is, um, I guess you would consider thinking outside the box into, hey, you know what? Like you have this injury, you can still keep on the performance path as long as we do things appropriately and this is how you're going to do it if you know this is how we're going to work together and then bringing you guys in the mix hey you know what chris and jacqueline like 
this is, um, you know, you sent this person here because they got hurt, let's work together. Mm -hmm. It happens in a collegiate setting, it happens in a professional setting, but it gets lost in the private sector somehow. Absolutely. Right? So um, why does there have to be these silos of, all right, so someone hurt their back in the gym, they go see the physician who refers to PT. Um, The physician doesn't know what the PT is doing, the strength coach or personal trainer that um, has been working with them doesn't know what the PT is doing. Like, there there shouldn't be that separation of care. and, and I think when we're able to coordinate and there's no egos involved in the process and we can have a good discussion of, hey, you know what, guys, like this is what we're doing. This is what we see. This is how you can support it. I'd like your input because you've been working with them for two years and I just saw them one time. Yeah. Like that, that's where a lot of people, that's where magic can happen. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost and, and care suffers because of it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a huge part of why we love working with you. Um, because there is that communication back and forth. Yeah. So, I mean, we feel like there is, there's like a gap, right, between, um, you know, strength coaches and PTs. Like you were just, you were just speaking to that. So, what do you think? Like, what are some ways that strength coaches and PTs can kind of minimize that gap a little bit so there is better communication so you know they're not only working together better but it's for you know you're only benefiting your client Um, do you personally think that there are ways that we can improve on that yeah I mean PT like the, the way that I look at it is PTs are support staff right like we like people don't come to it for the most part and we're trying to change a little bit as we be you know try to um, we get direct access and public health is concerned and we're trying to go into injury prevention but um, pe- people for the most part don't want to see physical therapists that means they're mm-hmm. injured um, sometimes it's a copay they're not planning on paying like it's it's really just a hassle for a lot of people that they weren't counting on right right they're not planning on getting injured in the gym or injured at work or whatever but then they get injured and the doctors like oh you have to go to PT right um, so the way I see us, we're just support staff to support um, the person in their recovery process, to support what the physician, you know, support um, the physician as they're offering what they can to help the injury process. We support that, and then we support in our setting with the active people. Their want to continue to you know lose weight or reach performance goals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the way we present to you guys. Like, hey, we're not trying to steal clients. Like, we we just want them. We understand PT is not something people want to go through. Like, we're here to support you and keep people in your gym and make you guys look better because you have a person that will work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think on the PT side, there has to be like less of an ego of hey, we're better than you because we have our doctorate degree. Um, it's not true, right? <laughs> um, you guys are more. Thank you. Like, like, you know, they a lot of times they'll preach to us. We're the movement experts as PTs. Like, I completely disagree with that. Like, strength coaches to me coach movement a lot better than most of the PTs that I know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, not all of us, but I, th- I think I think here we do a great job at it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I think there needs to be like less ego almost on the PT side mm-hmm. because the, the degree doesn't matter. It means you spend a lot more money to get it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you have a little bit more education, but I also think like the, bet, the good strength coaches, like they're right on par with you, right? If they've been reading and they're reading research and they're taking classes and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like we're not doctors, so we're never going to say like, oh, you have this. I mean, that's why we look to, you know, you guys. 
Um, but I think that same mentality applies to strength coaches as well. You know, like if someone's here and someone's complaining about shoulder pain, right? Uh, you know, we can only do so much for them, but I think it works that relationship with you, you know, taking care of themselves through whatever, you know, service you're going to provide them with. I think that's a really good pairing of things that some people just oftentimes miss. Right. And that's where PT is like, you guys necessarily don't have the license to diagnose. Right. But you know what? I got a guy, his name's John. He'll, you can check in with him. He, you know, he'll let us know if it's safe to continue to train. Like he'll give us some insight into what this injury is. And then, you know, we're going to prescribe exercise just like you prescribe exercise. Mm -hmm. But if I can maybe diagnose the injury and say, Hey, you know what guys, like these are the exercises that can support the process. You know, if they come to me and it's like, no, you know what, you should probably see a doctor. Like then they just have to see a physician, right. but yeah. that means there's something probably more serious going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely. I like that. Um, so a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, but when people oftentimes complain about it, you know, experiencing pain or some degree of discomfort with things, which often prompts them to see a PT or, you know, go see a physician, something like that. What is your, like, what's your, not your assessment process, but what, it, what do you go through when you meet someone for the first time to try to figure out whether they actually really are dealing with pain or they're just being a baby? for lack of, you know, of a better way of describing something. Like what are the, the check, what's the checklist that you go through? And I'm sure there's both like physical things that you're looking for and I can only imagine some mental things as well. Everything's multifactorial, yeah. right? There's always, you know, maybe there's a, an, an orthopedic component, there's a psych component, there's, um, you know, life mm -hmm. right. that gets in the way, there's the, the movement component. like. You can never dismiss anything as, hey, this is strictly an orthopedic injury. Like, there's always something, there's always something else, right? Um, and that's why every orthopedic injury is neuro. Every, there's an orthopedic component sometimes. Um, a neuro problem will manifest as an orthopedic problem. Like, mm -hmm. there's, there's always multiple factors that fit into an injury. Um, some people are softer than others. <laughs> but you take that in consideration. Like, when you're training someone, you figure out how much you can push them or, or like if, you know, like you just get a feel. Like there's a feel that isn't, like we're coaches, all of us are coaches. So there's just, there's like that feel of, hey, you know what, I could probably push this person or this is a person I can throw a couple extra pounds on without telling them or this is someone that I need to coddle a little bit more yep. or this person wants me to scream at them. Yeah. Like there's just that, that feel component. Um, so we, we always go through our subjective interview, which, um, a lot of times just tells us what's really going on mm -hmm. um, and then we take them through some of our, our range of motion orthopedic tests to gauge position of um, our approach in my clinic is a total body approach so we want to know um, how the entire the buzzword kinetic chain is working in con um, congruence with each other um, because position for us dictates um, how someone will then stabilize a joint which then how they'll gain strength on a joint and then perform off of that um, so so we're always um, taking a whole body approach. You know, we'll go subjective. You get a little bit of psych in there, a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, then we go into our, our position tests, and um, that will then dictate kind of um, how we progress our program from position to stability to strength and transition performance. Yeah. So for a client that is actually dealing with, you know, some serious pain, but they still want to train, right? Like. I mean, like I said, Chris and I both have seen you, 
and as someone that has personally dealt with some type of injury or pain type of thing I get super mental about something where I'm like oh my god you know this hurts that means I'm not gonna be able to train holy shit I'm not gonna be able to deadlift I'm not gonna be able to do this that and the other and you get like really in your head about things but I feel like you do a great job of allowing someone to continue to train even if they're experiencing some type of pain which is awesome um <laughs> So you're not losing like that mental aspect of things. Yeah, you you do a good job of you do a great job. Thank you. You do a great job of making feel com making people feel comfortable to train again when they come see you when they come back. Because um, we will have that person. I might take you away a little bit no, from Jonathan's question. Who will? They'll have a poor strength training strength training experience prior to coming here. Like maybe they tweaked their back or did something, and just the sight of like a trap bar, the sight of like the word deadlift makes their back hurt. Yeah. So I think like I don't know if I'm kind of trampling your question that you just. How do how do you kind of get people away from, like out of that circle of uh, like fear avoidance? Like how like advice to strength coaches to remove someone from that vicious cycle of seeing something and automatically in pain? Yeah, I mean, I think well, training history is huge. Like you might have a 35 year old come in, never trained a day in their life, so their training age is zero. Yeah, right. right? You may even have a college athlete played high level in college, but now they're 35, and you're like, all right, well, your training age probably zero again right like because you haven't trained in 10 years right even yeah. though you're high level at one point um but i think it's it's going back to that continuum of where do they fit in the continuum like maybe they've heard bad things about a deadlift because or a kettlebell swing is another one like right. absolutely that's the worst exercise for my back and i would i would argue that you know what if you can swing appropriately and deadlift the right way like those are the best exercises for your right. back you just need to be coached through them appropriately mm -hmm. but you know what i'm going to take you all the way back to um, a sumo deadlift kettlebell from blocks because right. that's going to be your entry point and then I'm going to ease you down to the floor with a barbell because that's where we're going to you know but yeah and it might take a year for them to get from sumo deadlift kettlebell from blocks to conventional deadlift on the floor um, but it's finding the correct entry point for them to kind of get them used to exercising and show them that as long as we take the proper progressions, like that's all safe stuff, as long as you do it the right way. And you don't have to deadlift 500 pounds. Like right. there's a yeah. small percentage of people that do that. Yeah. Most people are deadlifting two to 300 pounds and they're healthy and they're right. strong and they look good. Um, for, what's for, your, what's for, your performance goal? Right. You're not gonna be power lifter. Yeah. You want to be healthy. For general fitness and health, deadlifting 500 pounds is, not on that list. <laughs> no. It doesn't, doesn't bring you there. No. Yeah. Um, but that's what people see. They see the power lifter deadlifting 500 pounds, and they're like, well, Chris, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to deadlift. Yeah. But let's use this variation. The sim, we're going to get the same response to drive the changes that you want to make for your goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how have you seen things over the, you know, the past, like, 10 years or however long you've been in this industry? Have you seen things change? Um, like in respect to like how you're treating people or different um, like procedures, not procedures, but different like treatments or coaching techniques that have worked for you? Yeah, I, I don't know. I used to over cue. I used to um, crush people. I used to um, really try to impart like knowledge on people, I guess. Um, 
and I pro- and now I probably cue less than ever. I just kind of let people feel things out as long as it's safe, mm-hmm. right? Um, because the best learning experience is going to be when they figure it out for themselves. So I'll say, you know what? Like, I want you to do this, and then I'll like walk away, and I just I won't, I you know I won't hawk them. Yeah. Um, I I give them I. I um, when they ask questions, I try to give them my knowledge, but I don't like force it on them too. Um, I also don't crush people anymore. Like I remember the first CrossFit gym opening in the area, and I used to love to crush. Every workout was like a, a CrossFit or HIT workout or something that just crushed me. Yeah. Um, and and maybe it's just me getting older, but like now, like like a workout's not meant to crush you. It's meant to break it down a little bit but you should still have something left in the tank so you can mm-hmm. recover and build and, and grow from there um, but no I mean personal training like back in the day like I just crushed everyone yeah. like those half hour appointments where people just want to like they're like a, a, an executive who just they need that they, they need the stimulation and they're just like I just want to get my ass kicked for 30 minutes yeah I mean that's easy we yeah. can do that that's easy right. and, and that's where you guys know that like it's easy to crush someone it's, but it's yeah. hard Super to have easy. them see like progressive change toward their goals that's that's the art and the science of it yep so, um, yeah so I mean thinking about a, a person like people that want that like that are come here and like every day is max out deadlift day um, we all know that that's like the worst thing you can do to actually even build a deadlift or really anything how, how do how do you how would you talk someone off of that cliff where every workout needs to be just like a, a beat down because we know that it, it doesn't yeah there's a time and place for that workout but for the most part you can't do that and I feel like sometimes no matter how hard you tell a person like hey man like you're gonna you're gonna feel this tomorrow and it's gonna bleed into your next training session and everything's just gonna be a giant clusterfuck like how do you talk someone off of that ledge of constantly wanting their asses handed to them I mean, are they seeing the changes they want to see? No. No. Right. Right. So, <laughs> right. What if they're not even seeing? Like then they, yeah, they everywhere. end up right. blaming like program. Oh, it's my program. Uh, not really. No, like your, your central nervous system is not getting a chance right. to recover. You're yeah. not getting the nutrition that you need. You're right. not, um, you know, like if you're not seeing the changes you need and you just want to get crushed, like that's more of a mental or psychology yeah. thing, like to get outside of their own minds because they're dealing with shit at work. They're dealing with shit at home. Like they just, they need that whatever um but if you can kind of say well you know what like you're you're not really seeing the change that you want i'd love to just trust me for four weeks to let me kind of change the program for you and you know maybe we'll reassess at the end of that four weeks like if you're seeing changes that you want to make that's good um if you're still not seeing the changes again we'll reassess and we'll figure out together but um like you know my mindset's come around to like People are paying for our expertise at this point, right? Right, and I sometimes I, I, I think I'm a little bit crass, like, but like you're you're paying me, but you're still telling me what you want to do in the program, yeah, right? right? Well, like maybe those aren't the right people to be working with, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and I know it comes down to like I got to pay the bills and this and that and all the other thing, but you know what? Like you're paying me, you got to trust the process, my education. Like this is my profession. Mm-hmm. Like I don't come into your profession and tell you what to do. Right. You just um, have to have a conversation with them. Yeah. yeah. And those are hard and they suck and I hate them and I don't have them often. Yeah. yeah. But, right. right. Um, we, we don't either, no. thankfully. But every, every now and then there's that person where you have to, it's you know, you've done, it, you've done it this way for so long, you know, and it, 
it's yielded no results. Now it's time to try it this way, yeah. and we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see how you feel and see how your body composition. And sometimes or, it's the person that keeps getting hurt, like they're dealing with yep. the low back injury, right. and then they they get over that. They have a shoulder injury, and then they have this and that, and it's like, oh, hey, let's take a step back. Yeah. You're just tearing yourself down. Your body's right. not recovering. What do we need to do? We need to right. look at all aspects. That you need to sleep. Yeah. Get, get your sleep. You Start know, with that. And yeah. kind of go from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People miss the low-hanging fruit. Like, we'll, we will have someone say, like, you know, my, not really, so, it's always, it's usually back. Like, they'll say, my back is bothering me. Like, all right, well, you know, what did we do? Or what, what like, what, what did we, like, let's try to find out what did it. But then when you start talking to them and start peeling everything back, you start realizing that there's so many different variables. They're, they're doing spin. They're coming here four days a week. They're, uh, they're running on Sundays and they have a Peloton at home. Mm-hmm. So and they have an office job. And they have an office job. So, so yeah, it's it's hard to get people it's to be like... like how, and then that has to dictate your programming a little bit. Like, they have to be honest right. with you and be yeah. like, you know, if they say they want five days a week programming, but then right. they're running in the morning. Right. And I need to know that. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, you got to... That's yeah. all part of the equation. Yep. And then if they're only doing that for an hour out of the day, when they are sitting for another mm-hmm. eight, nine, eight, or ten, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like... Yeah. yeah. You have to be more mindful of the exercise. Like you can't just go out and move. Yeah, it doesn't happen in a vacuum, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a lot of things, we were talking briefly uh, before we started, you have a lot of things professionally that are, uh, you know, on the horizon for you, right? You have um, an established team now, which is pretty awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what the training room kind of holds for you in the near future? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So right now um, we're just kind of focusing on refining, just trying to be the best in the area. Like we we think we do a really good job um, and we think we are the industry leaders um, in treating active individuals and athletes. We really do. We like um, we're trying to fill those gaps, come up, you know, further. um, You know, we have our system that's broadly position, stability, strength, and performance. Um, but, you know, trying to refine that even more because as like students come through, we wanna make sure they get like a great education and that stuff and that everything is kind of science-based or that evidence-based is a whole yeah. other right. discussion. But yeah. anyway, like we just, we're, we're trying to continue to refine, get the word out, like make sure people know that we're out there and it's available so they're not, they're not frustrated with the physical therapy profession and there's um, options out there um, to actually create meaningful change mm-hmm. um, in a short period of time. Like our average plan of care right now is for less than four visits. Like they don't need to think, oh, you know, PT is this, this something they're gonna make me go two to three times a week for six weeks, you know, I can't afford that because my deductible is five thousand dollars at this point. Like, no. Like, if you're gonna do, you know, if you're gonna allow us to guide you, um, and then if you are coming from a gym setting, like, we should be able to guide you, make meaningful change with some of the soft tissue work that we provide, and mm-hmm. go from there. So we're we're continuing to kind of refine our process, get the word out, try to fill our schedule clinically, and then we're trying to take some things online too, where people that. Um, may or may not have access to us regionally Mm -hmm. um, for in-person stuff that we can take our our programming online and try to um, help expand our network and helping people that way too. That sounds really awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And one more serious question and then I just have something stupid to ask. Who are or what are some things or people um, that you have looked up to or you know people that you read and try to just stay on top of 
um, just to kind of keep you informed with things. Yeah. Um, I mean, through the years, it's been like, it's, it's probably been more strength and conditioning stuff. It's been like your um, Mike Boyles, your Eric Cressy's, um, your Mike Robertson's, um, even work into like Kelly Starrett, um, James Fitzgerald. Like it's been like broadly more of the strength and conditioning type yeah. stuff like strengthcoach.com yeah like that was like great website yeah uh, that one of the originals yeah right yeah um charlie weingroff was a huge influence early on in career because he really introduced like that um lateralization or continuum of it's just the continuum of a deadlift mm. right mm-hmm. yep. um so he was a, like when i was in pizza school i was like i want to be this guy like he's <laughs> he's kind of melding the performance in the pt really well yeah um Right now, like Bill Hartman is my guy. Like, if you guys haven't heard about him or even people out there, like PTs need to. He's doing great stuff. Um, so he's he's like the one big guy I look up to right now with stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, even like the Mike Reynolds and the Kevin Wilkes and the, some of the more traditional based people, um, you know, the the PTs that are working in. Um, the settings with the great surgeons and they're very evidence-based with research-wise orthopedics and you have to grow that foundation before you can get outside the box a little bit with some treatment philosophies yeah um cool do you have anything to add um yeah i guess one last question we probably covered it but we can we can do it again just in case someone kind of checked out for a moment um what would you say is one thing that like a strength coach or a gym and a PT like yourself could do to really make sure like you know bridging the gap is is a thing and make yeah. sure that it's it's happening but I think have it just have a discussion like yeah. I, I, I did get into it I know I think I skipped over the strength coach side but PT is just like drop the ego and realize strength coaches have as much to offer your patient as or personal trainers as you offer your patient mm-hmm. right I mean again there's that continuum of shitty professionals right. on either end right. um, and sometimes a PT might have to educate a strength coach but there's plenty of education I get daily from a strength coach right yeah. like we have a strength coach in our facility who I'm like Rob like give me this what am I missing in this deadlift like give me a cue to help this person find position he mm-hmm. walks up and he gives him a cue and I'm like there Done. we go yeah, yeah. Thanks. that's great yeah um, you know, he introduced like knees forward in a squat to me. Like, right. You know, and I that I probably use that cue now more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so there's a lot to offer on both sides. So so, so I I wish people would lose the ego so much. Um, PTs would be receptive to learning from strength coaches, and strength coaches would be receptive to learning from PTs. And it has to be an open discussion instead of a PT coming in saying this is what they need to do, this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, but again, my perspective. You guys have been working with an athlete for two years. I'm seeing them for one session. You have the relationship. You've been seeing them move. Your insight is more valuable than my one session at that yep. point. And it's nice, too, because things that we have learned from you, like, those are yeah, tools. Yeah, like when we come visit you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're tools that, you know, we we have now, yeah. and we're able to, to use those with, with other people. Yeah, not only do I leave Ooh. feeling better, I leave... With a little You're bit learning more something. Oh, I do that yeah. all the time. I've yeah. used insurance to pay yeah. for Con Ed. Yeah. Like I'll take a course like from a chiropractor or something or a PT, and I'll just be like, let me go get a session with you. And yeah. Like, yeah, it's awesome. And, yeah. and even even um, I mean, I'll be honest. I've. You may be the only PT I've ever been to. As far as I can remember, you're the only PT I've ever seen. But when I'm there, it seems more like it's this atmosphere where you do have that relationship with the client. Like you know everyone's name, and yeah. you you know what I mean. You know you know their husband's name or their wife's name or their daughter's name you know what's going on so i think they people also feel 
comfortable coming to you. Um, whereas I feel like another setting, like they go in and it's like, all right, it's just another patient. Here we go. Yeah. Um, or I'm just another patient. Here we go. And so. That's what we've tried to grow. Like we're, yeah. we're trying to be a relationship based. Like mm-hmm. we're, we don't see we're outside of the norm of physical therapy because we don't get a whole lot of physician referrals because we're, we're not in those networks. Right. Um, so our relationships are with the families of the people and hopefully they you know can grow our business by referring other people because they're happy with the service yeah um, it's relationships with other gym owners because um, we're filling that need and that gap for um, you know a resource for them like in our experience like gym owners are all looking for somebody because it's hard to find somebody that will coordinate with them absolutely yeah, they better be. yeah, yeah. and it'll it'll improve your service hopefully yeah. as we support <laughs> Because if they go to somewhere and the, that person says take six weeks off, like yep. that hits your pocketbook. Right. Yeah. But if it's, right. hey, you know what, go see my guy, this could be a one session thing and we can support it with some exercise. Maybe you see him once a week for like three or four weeks, but that's it. Right. Versus like you, Jacqueline, you said, mm-hmm. when you get hurt, you're like, oh man, I'm not gonna be able to deadlift again, this and yeah. that. Like, Find someone that can help give you better, like some perspective and help give you some options to continue to train. And it, it doesn't seem so catastrophic for people that need it for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, you're spot on with that. Because a lot of times things aren't as bad as people think. Right. Yeah. But right, right. They'll, rest, they'll just say, I'm just, you know, I hurt my back deadlifting. I'm just going to rest for six weeks. Yeah. Right. Well, let's, let's quicken that recovery. Yep. And there may be something else going on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You said you had one. You said you had a stupid question. Are you yeah. a Game of Thrones person? I was, and I fell off. Oh, forget <laughs> it. God. <laughs> but my wife, me and my wife were talking this morning. She's like, I feel like I have to start watching again because I can't get away from it on social Everyone's media. Everyone's talking about it. So we do, uh, we do icebreakers with uh, our. Can bar- I just explain why I'm so super excited? <laughs> and I'm sorry. I know. You, I know you got to go soon. No, I'm good. Man. Um, the only reason I'm so obsessed, one Game of Thrones is awesome, but it's like the first time ever in my life that I can like relate to the majority of human beings and what they're into. <laughs> so I want to talk about it. Well, did you play Magic the Gathering? Uh, I did, actually, yeah. in high school. The card game. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, You're damn right. <laughs> no, I, I think I watched it for like three seasons, but I like put on the background, so mm-hmm. I like, stopped following it, and I got too involved. And maybe I should just watch the season just for the cool fight scenes. and like, Yeah. Slower. A lot of good fight scenes. Oh, it's just funny. And the nudity. Yeah. Yeah, the nudity has calmed down. It's calmed down. Now it's, it's just fighting. Now it's a lot of fighting. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Right. So I was. And now you're not. I'll get back. Never mind. Barry's good. Now we're talking TV. Barry. <laughs> have you seen? Yeah. What, I, what are you I, currently I, watching, John? You know what? Uh, we were talking before this came on. Like, I, my perspective this year is, like, I haven't, I don't think I've turned on a TV. Like, yeah. I've, I think I've read, this is April 30th. 2019. What are you reading? All right, more important. I've yeah. read probably eight or nine books. Like, really? Yeah, this year. Okay. Already. Chris just and got and I, so and I upset right now. <laughs> as I was building a business, like I didn't read any books for the last couple of years. Yeah. I was just like podcasts and all that was the thing. Yeah. Huh. While right. you had the time. Do you read multiple books at once, or do you read one and then that's it, one and done? Uh, uh, so uh, recently, yeah, two maybe with a podcast okay. or something, or like an audio book and a book. Okay. I think right. that. Oh, I'm a cool. one yeah. book kind of person. Chris is the opposite. I've got about 12 books right yeah, now. Yes, I can't do that. It. So like, right now much. I have a, a, a book I can turn the pages, and then I have an audio book. Got it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Jeez. <laughs> Any book recommendations? I've, I've been into like the, the minimalist stuff, like essentialism and deep yeah, work and like 
like I'm really trying to declutter life. Like yeah. there, for years, it was like too much going on. Say yes to everything, yeah. like all this stuff. And now I'm like, you know what? Like I need to be more choosy and pick things and figure out how I can better utilize time. With if I can get into like a deep workflow state for two hours, like I'll crush that work. Yeah. And yeah. usually it would take me eight hours to do. So I'm yeah. still trying to figure that out and like figure out that time. Um, yeah. But that's the kind of stuff I've been reading. Yeah. What's the tell John about the book you're reading right now? Uh, which one? Well, <laughs> I'm Logan. reading a dozen. Logan's book. Logan's book. Uh, so Logan Gilbrick, uh, he owns, I think it's Deuce Gym in California, in Santa Barbara. Is it Venice? Venice. Yeah. And he just came out with a book called Going Right. It's pretty good. I mean, I've, it's it's a good book. Yeah. It's a good book. I, 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 I'm not I've, finished yet, so I don't have a. Fair enough. Yeah. I've rekindled my relationship with the library. Ooh. Really? Oh, yeah, I saw that on Instagram. That's like my cool. my son's four, so like we go to the library every couple of weeks to check out like 20 or 30 like kids books yeah and i'll just i'll pick up a book yeah, like because cool. i have one of those ikea like 16 shelf bookshelves yep i used to just buy books and half of the bookshelf isn't read like i, yeah. I could probably for the next year not check just out a find book, a book not, at home. and just find one at home that i haven't read yeah but now the library like i instead of like my wife's like like all these books like what do you do with them like you read it and then yeah, it's just there so now the li- like i've rekindled a relationship with the library take one thing away from a book that was worth it i guess right yeah, take one it's better than away. taking one thing away from a course. Right. <laughs> it's way more expensive. <laughs> yeah, totally more expensive. Awesome. Well, John, thank you again for, you know, driving into the city to come and talk with us. It's always a pleasure. It's nice to see you without having to come and see you to, you know, yeah. have you look at something. Well, so <laughs> Thanks for having me. I, you, I appreciate you guys more than, even if we don't talk for weeks on end, like, I appreciate yeah. you guys <laughs> more than Busy anything. Owners like, who watch TV shows. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much for having me and um, all your continued support. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep.